we live in a new world. When I was young, people talked more. We read things like the newspaper. We watched evening news. But see, now we're in a digital age. We get everything through these little televisions and newspapers in our pockets. What's funny is this. You don't even have to check up on Yahoo or Reuters or anything like that. All you have to do is click on Facebook, click on Twitter, click on Instagram, and the news is right there at your fingertips. If someone hasn't told you, your friends will tell you. It's amazing how we hear things now in society. It's amazing how our world has become so quick when it used to be so much slower. It was a pace, really. It's something that for those of us that have grown up watching shows like the Andy Griffith show, miss a little bit in society. It just seems like everything is getting faster and that everything is being changed into a rhetoric of someone who wants you to hear their thoughts and believe them. I was preparing for this sermon series, and as I was, I began to read through the New Testament and listen to what Jesus had to say. And, and frankly, Jesus in the Twitter age, we probably, if we're being honest in the room tonight, wouldn't have wanted to follow. Now you may be going, whoa, whoa, Kyle, you're, you're messing with my faith. I want you to hear the words of Jesus today and wonder what it would have been like if the disciples would have been on Facebook. What if Jesus came in our time and his disciples were the teenagers and young adults of this generation? You see, because that's what the disciples were, right? Younger men, they were led by Jesus. Can you imagine what it would look like if all of a sudden you didn't just see Jesus curse that plant, you saw it through Instagram? If maybe instead of getting little tidbits of sermons, you got them in Twitter? If maybe instead of hearing the Sermon on the Mount through the written page, you saw it on FaceTime Live? You know, just imagine with me for a minute what would have changed in faith. And I want you to hear from Jesus' own disciples today what they thought about his teaching, because I believe that we always see Jesus as this meek and mild guy that would walk through crowds and hold on to sheep, or that would let doves out of his cape, and everybody, ooh, ah. Jesus is controversial in his day, because he's trying to get them to see that God is not the same God they've always thought he was, that God demands something, that God asks people something, and that it was going to be hard to follow Jesus. And so when we go through this series, you're going to get to hear firsthand what it looks like to follow Jesus. So before we get to the text, let's pray. God, help us to hear from your word today. Lord, we want to not only hear it, we want to take it home. God, we want to spend time with it. We want it to speak to our souls. And we want to learn more about this Jesus that we follow. So help us to do that. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Maybe the hardest thing for people that are new to the church and especially new to Jesus is that we sing about things like the blood of Jesus. Because to somebody outside of faith, this is not an easy song to sing. I mean, it's not instinctive that people walk into a sanctuary without any relationship with Jesus and they want to sing like, 
Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Everybody's, outsiders go, what? Y'all seeing this? Is no one else catching how crazy this sounds? Those of us in faith, it's a rich song. This speaks to our souls and has such life-giving change to us. And so we got to put Jesus in context when he speaks that he's really speaking to that crowd. That when he speaks of things like blood, they don't get it. It is a complete foreign concept to them. They just don't capture what he's trying to say at all. So do me a favor for just a second. And let's go back in time to your pre-moment with Jesus to where you start to see Scripture. Are you ready? I'm going to give you an out today as a skeptic. Because I think in faith sometimes we just hear things and read right past it. And I don't believe that's the way Jesus wants us to read Scripture. I think the Lord wants us to read Scripture and soak in it and wrestle with it and deal with it and understand it, not just read through and keep going. He wants us to understand what he's saying to people. So here we go. Right in the middle of a sermon time, John chapter 6, verse 47. He says this, Truly I tell you, anyone who believes has eternal life. Then he says this, I am the bread of life. I want to stop here just to give you all some understanding. They would have known what he's talking about here. Because they have this kind of thought of, of what bread would be. You know, the substance. And then they go, wait, bread, yes, you are the bread of life. I'm missing you already in the sermon, Jesus, but okay, uh, keep going. I, I, you, you tell us sometimes what's going on. Verse 49, he says, your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that anyone may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. The bread I give for the life of the world is my flesh. Listen to what happens next. Verse 52, at that, the Jews argued among themselves, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? They are skeptics. They don't get where Jesus is trying to preach. We inside the church have already got our understanding. Oh, we know where Jesus is going with this sermon. We kind of capture this. But listen, for your neighbors that don't know Jesus, for your friends that don't walk in a relationship with him, they see this passage just like the Jews in verse 52. They look at it and go, what? So hang in that skeptic with me for a second, because I think it helps us to capture this full understanding. Verse 53, so Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, unless you eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you may not have life in yourselves. The one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood will have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Because my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. The one who eats of my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, I and I will live because of the Father. So the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. It is not like manna your ancestors ate and they died. The one who eats this bread will live forever. He said these things while teaching in the synagogue at Capernaum. Listen to what happens next. Y'all capture this. This is like the end of the sermon. That, that was it. And it's like, we don't know if he preached more or if that was like the period at the end, but we just know he didn't go back. But here's what happens. 
Verse 60, it says, Therefore, when many of his disciples heard this, they said, This teaching is hard. Who can accept it? Which meant this. His disciples were also skeptics. These people that walked with Jesus, they didn't capture this moment either. Don't, don't forget, we, those of you that have walked with Jesus, that you kind of, this has become understanding to you. It's become common understanding. We've moved out of skeptics. We've moved into understanding, but we got to know in this passage, no one but Jesus understood him. No one. I, he's preaching a sermon that no one captured. And so he says to them, Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were complaining about this, asked them, does this offend you? When's the last time a teaching of Jesus offended someone around you? I've often wondered, the reason we're not easily around people that are offended by the gospel is we rarely share it. Because remember, Scripture says that it is offensive to some. They, they reject it. They can't accept it. So it's offensive. And so if the gospel in your lifetime has not become an offensible thing, it's because we're not sharing it enough. And here's the other thing. When's the last time you were turned down with inviting someone into a relationship with Jesus? You may say, well, I, that never happens to me. It's the same answer. It may be that we're not sharing it at all. We're so afraid that people will reject us, but even Jesus says it's not rejecting us, it's rejecting him. We've got to share the gospel. We've got to be ready to tell people about Jesus. So the disciples, when Jesus hears their complaints, what he really hears is what you're saying is offensive. You're telling people to eat of your flesh and drink of your blood. That's weird. Don't y'all capture that a little bit? His disciples are not wrong that this seems awful. And so they have a question for Jesus. Verse 62. Then what if you observe the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? The Spirit is the one who gives life. The flesh doesn't help at all. The words that I have, um, the words, pardon me, the flesh doesn't help all. The words that I have spoken to you are the Spirit and our life. But there are some among you who don't believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning those who did not believe and the one who would betray him. He said, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted by my Father. From that moment, many of his disciples turned back and no longer accompanied him. Jesus said to the twelve, you don't want to go away too, do you? Listen to what Simon Peter says. Remember, I, we did a Simon Peter moment together in the sanctuary, and I told you, I, I see Simon Peter as the guy that we all would have gone, oh, here he goes again, right? Simon Peter just always pops up in Scripture with a voice. And he says this, Lord, to whom would we go? Where would we go? You have the words of eternal life. You have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. And Jesus replied to them, did not choose you the twelve. I love that. You see this passage as we, we see Jesus giving this really hard sermon. We have to ask the question, did Jesus really say that we should eat his flesh? There are some faiths that would say when we take the Lord's Supper that it, it's no longer symbolic, that it becomes the blood, it becomes the flesh, and that's how they get through this passage. I don't believe Jesus was talking this physical eating and drinking as much as he was trying to get a spiritual concept across. 
I want to ask you a question before we get to the notes. Did you come hungry today to hear from Jesus? I, I would say this. I would pray that if you didn't come hungry for Jesus, you at least came as a skeptic. Because both groups today can be found in an answer to this passage. The problem is this. We don't either come hungry or skeptical. We just show up. Because that's what we do on Sundays. You show up. And Jesus is saying, I don't want you just to show up. I want you to show up to the table either hungry or skeptical because I can feed either party. Do you find yourself there? I mean, are, are you today saying, you know what? Man, I want more Jesus in my life. I, I know him as Savior. I know him as Lord. But man, I want so much of him. I want to be consumed by him. Or maybe today you came and you're just like, I just showed up because somebody invited me, but I am, I'm not into this Jesus guy. Now, here's my answer to you. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for just being here. Because if you're here, if you're with us, even if you're a skeptic, you are welcome to the table today. Jesus is so rich in mercy, so lovable, that today he loves us even when we don't deserve to be there. I heard a friend that said that he often attends weddings throughout Dallas because he knows he can eat really well. And so he will check the paper and see which wedding's happening, and he'll go and he'll say that he's like a friend of the bride's um, and show up and eat and meet people and then leave. Um, doesn't stay for the cake. Because the cake, you have to identify yourself really well. That's when they take pictures. No one takes pictures of people eating. So he can stay and eat, but he leaves before the cake. I believe so many of us have just shown up at the table and just kind of complained about the food. Any of y'all been to a wedding that has bad food? Let's be honest, we have, right? You know, they take too many pictures before they, you know, they end the wedding. They say, oh, the family's going to take pictures. To which all of us, we say, great. What are we going to do for two hours? Right? And they say, oh, we'll serve food as soon as they get done with photos. Which means for two hours, that food sits and cools off. And so when you finally get the food and you see the mother of the bride and she goes, isn't it good? You go, she leaves and you go, oh my gosh, I didn't know that this turned to oatmeal after a while. This is not good. Y'all, none of y'all have been there? Okay. Well, y'all need to go to more weddings. You, I'll invite you with my friend. He'll take you. Some of y'all come to the table at church and you wonder, what difference does it make? And let me just give you the answer to that. This room, this building makes no difference. We show up for an audience. And it's not the team that plays up here. It's not for our child care that's awesome. We have an audience and it's Jesus. Which makes this celebration that we do each Sunday, each Sunday morning together, significant. When you show up, not only are you awaiting to see Jesus, he awaits to see you too. And so today, I just want you to categorize yourself. Are you hungry for more of him? Are you skeptic of him or are you just here? Because it's going to answer this in this passage. The first thing that Jesus does is he goes right to manna. <laughs> he says, hey, by the way, y'all remember the story of, of, of bread? Your kinfolks back in the day wandering through the desert. They were 
complaining, saying, oh, the Lord has led us out into the desert, and now we don't have any food. At least in Egypt, we wouldn't have starved to death. And so Jesus sends down this manna, this, this bread of heaven. It tastes sweet. And they're given a short amount of time to collect it before it just turns to nastiness. And so they would store it up, and it, it helps them survive through this season. He said, you know what happened to all of those people? They died. Here's the thing. The Lord has sent a different bread down from heaven. And this bread, when people eat of it, they don't die. And they're going, okay, Jesus, here's the problem with that. You are talking about our traditions. You're talking about our forefathers. You are literally saying to us, our forefathers are less than you. And that's exactly what Jesus is saying. So when Jesus says these words, he's, he's attacking tradition. And in our lives, when tradition holds our faith, Jesus cannot. When tradition holds our faith, Jesus cannot. It's the argument we always have to live in. Will tradition be what governs our faith, or will Jesus be that? You may say, well, Jesus is my tradition. No, he's not. Or we would look like him. So when it's tradition over Jesus, we're going to hold on to one. And Jesus arguing with them that they have gone to tradition time and time again and left the table hungry. I don't know if your faith has ever done that, if your experience with God has ever led you to that point, where you've done church world for forever and you just keep walking away going, so what? What difference has it made? And I would just tell you that religion that man creates has no substance. It can't. You know why? Man-made. Man-made stuff doesn't last forever. It's incapable of. I mean, even the greatest things that are ever built just sink into the earth. Nothing has survived forever. Somebody said, well, the Egyptian pyramids are survived forever. Did you know you can't climb on those things? Do you know why? They're worried they're going to crumble. So they keep people off of them. Because over time, as people have climbed on them, it started to crumble underneath them. Nothing can last. So Jesus tells them, y'all built your whole life on this tradition, upon this thought, upon your old school faith. And I'm telling you, it can't help you. I can help you is what Jesus says. And so when Jesus talks to them about, being, uh, about eating of his flesh and drinking his blood, He's not trying to get them to be morbid. He wasn't promoting cannibalism. What he's saying is, y'all have filled your stomachs full of all this old stuff, and it hasn't left you full. It has no eternal weight. Y'all are just going through the actions of faith. So Jesus is asking his followers to be filled with him. He's asking them, why don't you be filled with me? When you fill yourself with me, it changes the outcomes. It's not a temporary thing. It's an eternal thing. And he's like, this bread that I bring, what God is doing, y'all don't even get yet, but by my very body, I will save you. By my blood, I will cleanse you. And if you get that in you, it's going to change you completely. But they didn't capture it. You ever wondered how many followers followed Jesus? Like, how many people were really around him? We, we get the 12, right? And like, 
I remember as a kid thinking, man, Jesus must have been able to move really easily. I mean, we're just like 13 plus a couple of women. I mean, it wasn't really hard to get a hotel room. But every time that Jesus gives a hard teaching in Scripture, people leave. But never the 12. You imagine this moment. This group is all waiting around. The sermon's done. Jesus in the back shaking hands, right? Because that's what you do after sermons. And his disciples are off to the side going, oh, man, that was not a good one. Uh, no. I mean, I love Jesus, but that sermon was, I mean, did you understand that? I mean, did you? I mean, you're a smart one. Clearly, you got it, right? No? Yee. Man, people are going to be mad about that one. Did they sing just as I am? No? Oh, they're really going to be mad now. Oh, man. And Jesus knows their hearts. I, I just love that. Knowing in himself, it says in Scripture in verse 61, knowing in himself the disciples were complaining, Jesus asked the question, that sermon offends you? As a pastor, that's one of the worst questions I could leave this pulpit with. Were y'all offended? Because I know what you'll say. Well, preacher, um, they can't all be good ones. You know, or, you know, you should really ask your dad to come and preach again sometime real soon. Uh, yep, yep, yep. This sermon that Jesus preached was one of his best. It sounds just like a sermon he preaches to a leader of the law when he tells him that God so loved the world that he sent his son. It's the same sermon. God loves us so much that he would send Jesus to die for us. And that's what Jesus is preaching. My flesh and my blood will change your story. And none of them got it. They're so confused in this moment. They didn't capture what he's trying to say, but he's saying, fill yourself with what I'm saying. Fill yourself with my life. I will sustain you forever. Quit going back to these foreign tables and hoping that you fill up. You know, one of my favorite things about our missions director here at our church is her love of going to Sam's for the free sample days. Y'all know y'all do it too. Don't judge, right? You go to Sam's, you make sure you're there on that day. You walk around and you have to act like you've never seen a meatball before in your life, right? You walk up and they go, would you like one? You go, oh, what is that? They're like, it's a meatball. You're like, oh, I've never had one. And you, you have to stand and eat it in front of them, right? They watch you. You got to go, mmm, delicious. You finish chewing, they do the same thing every time. You can buy a whole bag of these for 35 bucks, and you go, let me chew on that for a while. Mmm. You walk to the next one. They give you a little bite of a you know quesadilla like they said there was scissors and cut it just so that you don't get enough right y'all been here right and then they stick it on like a, a little plastic fork that's meant for hors d'oeuvres and they go would you like a quesadilla and you're like "Ooh, foreign food that's amazing you mmm quesadillas are delicious and they go oh did you know you can oh it's okay don't think okay you keep walking in the circle right 
Then you have to go back and act like you've never been there before. What do you got? And they're like, "Mm mm-hmm, yep, it's a meatball again. (gasps) A meatball? I've never been where they serve meatballs before. Isn't that funny that that's how we treat faith? Just enough, Lord. I mean, I'll go to one Bible study, but I'm not going to go to all of them. I just want that one little tidbit that I can put on Twitter and trend to say, did you know that Beth Moore said this? Insightful. And somebody goes, oh, are you doing that study? I did. I just got really busy. What are you doing? Spending time with my family. And everybody goes, oh, okay. We love to trend. We love to be known. We just don't know if we really want Jesus to be known in us. What if Jesus really could change your life? What if by following after him and believing in him and giving him your everything, he really could change your life? What would happen then? What would happen if all of a sudden you moved to being filled by him? Instead of just sampling little things as you've gone along, little Bible study here, little song there, little Caleb here. Well, if you went fully into him, and instead of walking the track, you sat down at the Jesus buffet. When Team Impact was here some years ago, um, Michael Pinkston, who was on our staff at the time, asked if I would take them to Golden Corral. Now, for those of y'all who have been to Golden Corral, Y'all know how we eat Golden Crown, me and you, right? Like we go and make a plate or a salad first to act like we're healthy, right? You go to the salad bar just to scope what's being cooked, right? It's like, oh, I love salads. Oh, ribs, right? That's why we go to salad bar. You sit down, you eat half your salad and go, it's rib time. And you make your plate. Not Team Impact. Team Impact is a group of guys that bend metal and break ice and, and growl. And they're massive men. And there were seven of them. And they were invited to Golden Corral because the guy had come to a Team Impact event a couple of years before and wanted them to come on his dime to Golden Corral. That's a massive mistake. <laughs> Team Impact guys eat protein. And by protein, I mean this. If cattle didn't have skin, they would just eat live cattle. And so we walked in, and I, we bypassed the line of people standing there, you know, going, what are they doing? And they watched these men walk in. I'm not even joking. A family just left. They're like, nope, nah, y'all go ahead. We're out. Those guys went and got trays and put like three plates on it and just began to stack meat on the plates. Each of them it was piled up like this and sat down. You ever seen a tray bow? I mean, it was unreal. They just would sit down, and they all had elbow space, right? So, like, if you can imagine three of me, elbow space-wise, they would sit down, and they would eat. And they each got up and made about two more runs at Golden Corral. I really thought they were going to shut the place down. I was like, clearly, there's no way they had that much meat in Golden Corral. Man, they just kept bringing it out. And the guy was like, I'm so glad y'all are here. Would you tear a phone book? And one of the guys was like, yep. There you go. Right? It was amazing. Like just one of the craziest moments in my life to go, I don't know what you were thinking. This cost you a lot of money. Like 
It's, it was unreal how full they got. It was the first time in my life I saw fullness. Like, that was crazy full. I'm sitting over there with my plate, you know, mashed potatoes and, and stuff, and I'm like, hmm, y'all are eating a lot, right? You know, I didn't want to get too much on my plate. I didn't want them to eat me in the process. You got too much, you know. It, but they were full, and they filled up. They didn't go do the Sam's run. They filled up their plates. That is what Jesus offers to you and I. We are invited to partake of Jesus' life or not. We are invited to partake of his life. You and I are given the chance to sit at the buffet with him today. You don't have to wonder, can I be invited to what Jesus is doing? He invites you openly and says, make as much as you want. Fill your plate. I don't want to just help you. I want to change you and fill you up. But to do that, you've got to consume who I am in your life. It's got to be who you are. Man, that is what God's calling on us to do today. Fill our plates of him. Be completely full of Jesus. And to do that, you've got to empty you. You've got to quit walking around and filling the Sims hors d'oeuvres and put the meat of Jesus in your life. At some point, we've got to recognize and understand that God doesn't want to just help you. He's not a self-help savior. He is a life changer. And so he's not here to be this motivational speaker for you. He's not there to applaud you like a certain coach of a football team that I love that just doesn't see any change that needs to be done. Just clap. He's not there to applaud you. He wants to change you completely. Because it's better for you. Jesus cares about changing you for the better because he loves you so much that he was willing to give of his life and his blood for us. And he said, you got to take it. You got to receive it and you got to let go of the old and hold on to what's eternal. I want to finish with this thought. I don't, I don't believe that most people in faith capture this next line. But I think it's the centrifugal force, if you will, to why you don't come to church just to come to church. You come as a skeptic or hungry and not just show up. Here's what it is. We need to not just know of Jesus. I mean, lots of people have knowledge of him, but to believe in him. Don't just fill your life full of, I know about Jesus, or I think I've got some knowledge of Jesus. Know him through belief today. Don't just keep a record of him. Don't just watch documentaries of him. Know him. Scott and I the other day went to a movie as a documentary. We were watching about the life of this musician. And as you watch it, you feel like you know them, right? Because you got to see information about them you didn't know before. But even after that movie, I don't know the guy in the movie. Never met him. I, I know about him. I know more than I knew the other day about him. I have so much knowledge about him, but I don't know the man. And maybe today you've carried knowledge of Jesus. You had an idea about him, but you've never believed in him. You don't know him. Today is your day to not just know about Jesus. Not to just have a head knowledge of him, but a heart's direction towards him. You and I can know Jesus fully 
and he wants to fill your life completely. Doesn't want you just to take tidbits as you go along. Life is too hard for that. He wants you to know him completely and be filled by him. And you can have that in faith. The Bible says that if you believe in Jesus and you confess him as Lord, and here's the sim- just the most simple way I can say it. Did you know that Jesus said that the children are the perfect example of what it looks like to follow after God? He said, childlike faith is how this makes sense. As a child, we didn't question all the ends. We, we learned as we went along. I can remember a teacher telling me, did you know that math will carry you through the rest of your life? That made sense until I got to algebra. <laughs> then they introduced alphabet into math. Those don't go together. You math teachers, they don't go together. Right? And we always thought, we'll never use this until you do. And then you go, oh yeah, I need to apologize to her. Um, You capture it? We have these beliefs and we want to understand it all at first as adults. And God says, start here. Start simple. Do you believe that Jesus is who he says he was? That the Bible speaks of him and you go, yes, I believe that. I believe that Jesus can save people from their sins. I believe that. If that's you, if you say, I you know, Kyle, I believe that. I believe Jesus is who he says he was, and I believe that because of what he did on the cross, he can forgive my sins. The Bible says that if you can start there, God will take you the rest of the way. Helps with understanding. Every day I'm learning. Every day I open the word, I'm learning more about God's character and his love for me. And maybe that day as Jesus talked about, unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you don't have any part in me. People probably rejected that moment. And Jesus was trying to teach them a bigger thing that they didn't quite capture at the time. But he's the same Jesus that said, simplicity. Come to me like a child, for this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. So today, let's start there. Do you believe Jesus is who he says he is? Do you believe that through his death on the cross, his burial and his resurrection, he could forgive your sins and mine? If you'd say yes to that and you've never taken another step, today is your day. So I'm going to give you the next step. Make him known. Be bold about it. Tell people about it. Because Jesus is that good that he should be talked about everywhere. So if that's you, if you've never taken that next step to say, you know what, I believe in my heart that Jesus is who he says he is and that he died for my sins and I want to make him known, here in a minute we're going to sing a song. During that song, I want to invite you to come and talk to myself or to Dale, and we will be here to just meet with you and pray with you. We would like you to know Jesus fully. So today, let us know that you know him. We'll celebrate with you. We believe that God can do amazing things in people's lives because he's done it in ours. And so today, those of us in faith, take him in deep. Get full in Jesus and quit taking the small little steps and dive in. Let me pray for us. Lord in heaven, We believe, God, that Jesus is who he says he was. Because of that, he can save our lives, Lord. Because of that, he can forgive our sins and lead us. So, Lord, lead us today. Lord, we pray that you would encounter us in this time, Lord. We'd be bold in our faith and our obedience to you. So, God, lead us. Lord, as we sing this song, God, we want to just declare how great you are in our lives. And, Lord, teach us more of you. Lord, we want to see who you really are in our lives. And, Lord, we want you to change us forever. 
So Lord, fill us completely with you. Lord, that's our prayer. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Do me a favor, stand to your feet. And this morning, if you just need to pray, I'd love for you to come down here. People will come and pray with you. You be bold in that. Maybe today you need to make Jesus known. Well, come make him known right now with Dale and I. As we sing, you come.